the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I am back in studio in Chicago. I drove straight through, and I'm going to tell you something. It's it's been a year since I drove, years since I drove, and I I, I have to say, I was kind of looking forward to it. You know, it's one of those things that it's a it sounds better in your head than it is like when you're 15 hours into it. But I um, it's so interesting to see the country. It really is. It's just so interesting to see the different states. And I took I took the way to avoid downtown Chicago because it's a sewer. And I had uh, I think I had the over in the office pool. I'm not sure if I hit the number. I think it's an argument between 56 or seven that were shot. We'll figure it out. Another success story of a Democrat run utopia, Chicago. But once you jump from Kentucky into Illinois, you go over the is it the Ohio River? I think it is. Ohio River, and you jump into southern Illinois. It's like Will Smith, the beginning of that movie, I Am Legend. No one's cut the grass in, I don't know, at least several weeks. I mean, it is chaos. The grass is all in the, in the median there. It's all terrible. And then they do this, this trick so that some company makes money or somebody looks like they're working. They put those cones, and they block off one lane for like seven, eight miles. And there's nothing. Nobody's doing any work in the lane they're blocking off. There's nothing torn up. There's just cones there. And you realize, what a scam. What a scam. They've been billing us all this money. We've been paying for infrastructure, even though the federal government goes around to one of its you know, spending wishes, and they pretend that states need infrastructure that they haven't been charging the people for the entire time as they've been stealing the money. And it's just really something to see the state of Illinois as you're driving through from south to north. It is, um, especially when you go through other states and you see how clean everything is and how well-run things are. And the minute you get into Illinois, it's like, what is going on here? And uh, then you get that, well, it was fun drive, but I guess I'm home. I'm back in the sewer. And you get home and you turn on the news and it's mayhem. Mayhem. Every weekend, same thing. 56, six, six-year-old shot, six-month-old shot. It's just, it's just disgusting. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And nothing's going to get done about it. Nothing. Did Biden, you know, he was going to come here and rescue everything. Did that start last week or is it like the COVID rules where they pull a date out of their shoe and just make it up? And then that'll start. And you're wondering about all of this thing, the gang turmoil, the shootings, as if we pretend it's just the gun's fault. And I remember how they broke up the El Capone era, because we, we lived through this once before. It was during the, the rivalry of the mafia when, when the, the mafia members had shirts and ties on and their pants were all the way up above their derriere. And you realize what broke it up was the FBI. 
The FBI had gone in and figured out, look, you're terrorizing normal citizens and you're doing it because you're making money in a black market of at that time alcohol. Why in the hell isn't the FBI investigating the gangster disciples? Where are they? What are they doing? They still rattling the trees for guys charging juice loans to bust outs. Is that what they're doing? They got an organized crime task unit. Well, I don't know how a Chicago FBI isn't fully busy just investigating the DNC or the Chicago Democrats, let alone why aren't they investigating the gangster disciples or whatever other gangs are are, are running the drug trade? And that's what this is all about. This is a a a territory war. They're not shooting each other for no reason. We're shooting each other because it's, it's cutting in on the drug industry. The billion-dollar industry we pretend is not there in Chicago. It's not there. And you know what the biggest problem of the country is? Misinformation on Facebook. I'm getting tired of the BS. I know you are. But uh, there's something about getting the BS from an 80-year-old man who's been selling that stuff for half a century. I can't decide if it's nauseating or charming as I watch the flaccid diaper-wearing Biden struggle with the questions of how justified he is to be a fascist. And he wants to clarify something because he read something 10 minutes ago, like every elderly person with dementia. What they think now is something they learned five minutes ago. So Joe Biden wanted to clarify he doesn't blame Facebook for murder. Just 12 people who are spreading misinformation. Mr. Mr. President, you said last week that companies and platforms like Facebook are killing people by letting Let me be precisely what I said. I'm glad you asked me that question. One, I had just read that on the Facebook Facebook pointed out that it was pointed out that Facebook, of all the misinformation, 60 percent of the misinformation came from 12 individuals. Now, what does he have to actually prove that he read it? He never states where he read it. Misinformation. You know, as I as I look at things around our, our economy, as I look at society in general, the vast majority of misinformation came from politicians, politicians came from White House. Everything can be traced to misinformation. Here you have a government that's been selling the American people this idea of a utopian collectivist system that is run by a few political whores, and it's going to be bliss. It's going to be utopia. It's going to be great. All we need to do is somehow balance a welfare state. And we have these incubators of where their policies have been enacted, like the one we live in, where 50 shootings a week is normal. You know, if the weather's nice, if it's bad, it's only 36. Where it's now normal to see teenagers carjacking old people and young people and a 13 girl shot in the face for carjacking somebody. And it wasn't the first time she did it. 13. The virtuous welfare student who deserves the $18,000 a year people are paying for her to pretend to go to school. This is a system riddled in failure. We are living in the in the incubators of it. It's Democrat run areas. It just sucks. So it's going to suck from now on. And the idea that the stock market goes down and they're blaming COVID. Oh, it's the resurgence of COVID. Is it the resurgence of COVID? Or is it the fact that companies realize we've been trying to run on fake money for over a year prior to Biden? The, the Republicans did it as well. And the fake money is running out, number one. Number two, the only way we intend on staying in business is if this dimwit in diapers can somehow pass a, a wish list of $3.5 trillion in funny money. To hopefully keep the people buying things with debt and fake money. The whole damn thing is, is misinformation. It's a lie. And Joe Biden and the Democrats and some few Republicans have been selling this BS since the 50s. It's a lie. So now Joe Biden and the Marxist mafia are going to crack down on misinformation, which is perplexing because that's all they spew. That's what the article said. 
So I was asked that question about what do I think is happening? Facebook isn't killing people. These 12 people are out there giving misinformation. Anyone listening to it is getting hurt by it. It's killing people. It's bad information. My hope is that Facebook, instead of taking it personally, that somehow I'm saying Facebook is killing people, that they would do something about the misinformation. That's a backhanded threat. The president doesn't hope. He's giving you a suggestion to fix it or you will pay repercussions of his mafia. You will be investigated. You will be indicted. You will be intimidated. This is what we were talking about during the election when I had the lovely Misty Callahan cut up all of Zuckerberg's testimony before Congress. And AOC gave, at that moment, you knew it was the intimidation factor that these companies will comply with the Democrat mafia or they will be put out of business. He's not suggesting anything. He's threatening. And it's also been made very clear by Pippi Lystocking. My favorite liar of all. I like the redheads. I like it all. And here she is doubling down on what happened prior to the speech. The take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread. Dis- you know, what would be great is if they did have this. If they actually did have something that flagged misinformation, we wouldn't have any of this socialist BS. Of course, they'd be out of business. But all these programs that are bankrupting cities and municipalities and states and the federal government, none of it would would exist. Because the way in which all of this nonsense has passed has been on misinformation, also known as propaganda in the communist and Soviet states like America is becoming. Information. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also do you know who they're not talking to? They're not talking to Robert Malone. Robert Malone is one of the scientists that was instrumental in actually actually discovering the vaccine. Of course, he's not selling you this nonsense. In fact, he's telling you some very startling realizations of the vaccine. But he's speaking against the state-authorized opinion. This is how you slow cook a one-government opinion into, into society, into its citizens, by strictly obstructing any rebuttal to it. You're watching as America becomes a fascistic, tyrannical country where you cannot afford to have your own opinion. Otherwise, you're going to meet adversities you really don't want because they're going to be sponsored by the federal government. Created the COVID-19, the COVID community core to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen, in the president's, the vice president's and Dr. Fauci's time in meeting with influencers who also have large reaches to a lot of these target audiences who can spread and share accurate information. You saw an example of that uh, yesterday. I believe that video will be out tomorrow. I think that... One of the first things that happened when I put on the television in the sewer of Chicago is a commercial. Some well-fed woman on behalf of the state is fake crying because she has to tell people that they were positive and she couldn't take that. So she's crying. It's a commercial sponsored by the state of Illinois run to get you to go take a vaccine. Who, where does, they need all this money. Where's the money come from to run propaganda ads, let alone hiring influencers? I had a clip last week, I didn't get to it, of a, of a teeny bopper. I don't know what the hell her name is. She's a singer and a dancer. She's the Britney Spears of her time. They had her at the White House. They're, they're paying her to convince young people to go along with the government-sponsored tagline versus think 
or or maybe listen to a doctor like Robert Malone who helped create it that says uh, it seems to settle in female ovaries and we're not quite sure what it's going to do for, to reproductive in the near future. But yet the government is pushing this on our children. Why do they not want you to express curiosity or question their authority like Cuba? Uh, well, there are also proposed changes that we have made to social media platforms, including Facebook. And those specifically are four key steps. One, uh, that they measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform. Facebook should provide publicly and transparently data on the reach of COVID-19, uh, COVID vaccine misinformation, not just engagement, but the reach of the misinformation uh, and the audience that it's reaching. That will help us ensure we're getting accurate information to people. This is a propaganda wing of our government. You cannot speak against the government authorized tagline without having your speech negated. This is why no one should be on Facebook. I have never felt better. I haven't looked at it in months, and I will never partake in it again. I don't even want the show run on Facebook. It should be provided not just to researchers, but to the public, so that the public knows and understands what is accurate and inaccurate. Second, uh, that we have recommended, uh, proposed that they create a robust enforcement strategy that bridges their properties and provides transparency about the rules. So about, I think this was a question asked before, there's about 12 people who are producing 60 of anti-vaccine misinformation on social media platforms. All of them remain active on Facebook, despite some even being banned on other platforms, including Facebook, ones that Facebook owns. Third, uh, it's important to take faster action against harmful posts. As you all know, information travels quite quickly on social media So you don't have the right to litigate or defend yourself. And Facebook needs to move more quickly to remove harmful, uh, uh, violative posts. Posts that will be within their policies for removal often remain up for days. That's too long. The information spreads too quickly. Finally, we uh, have proposed they promote quality information sources in their feed algorithm. Facebook has repeatedly shown that they have the leverage to promote quality information. We've seen them effectively do this um, in their algorithm over low quality information. Now, do you think this is just about COVID? This is about the green energy BS that they've been stealing money, that they've been wrong for 70 years. Wrong again. I just saw CNN the last seven years are the hottest on record. They're obviously forgetting 1931, but what's a fact going to do to this? This is about every aspect of your opinion and our reality. This is how government seizes your freedoms right here in front of you. You're watching it. Facebook should be designated as a bureau of the federal government. They are now working hand in glove to sell government information and government propaganda. They are no longer a social media site. They are, in fact, a Pravda of our government. It is it is a shame. And I implore you to get off of it. Three, one, two, six, four, two, fifty six hundred. This is bigger than Facebook. This is bigger than COVID. You now have in government Congress, elected congressmen and senators who are open and, and, and they're more than just communist sympathizers. They're promoting the basics principles of communism and fascism and Marxism. They're open about it. And in fact, they're very friendly to different countries that promote this. This is why there's no real push against the atrocities that happened in happen happened and are happening today in Cuba or in China or in Venezuela or in Iran or in any of the other hell holes where Joe Biden calls people king and whatnot. 
because this is a government that understands it now envies that position. Our elected officials who are supposed to swear to uphold the idea of American principles are openly sympathetic to communists around the world. I was reading that um, AOC has invested $1.5 million into merchandising. Now, if you listen to this story, show you know that I hate communists. I, I hate them. They are the scourge of humanity. All that they lead to are hundreds of millions of deaths and slavery among all races of people. Our communists, Che Guevara, Fidel Castro, Stalin, you name them, they're scumbags. So when I see Che Guevara celebrated in a presidential campaign, I know that 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 presidency was in the very best scenario going to suck. It's going to be terrible for the freedoms of our nation. So that's why I vehemently oppose Barack Obama. And the Democrats. But when I see AOC take her face and put it on that very famous beret wearing Che Guevara and sell it to Americans, I know that this country is done with the ideology of what is freedom and what is not. So to hear AOC talk about Cuba makes my blood boil and it should make yours. Now, the other piece of this is the U.S. administration. And what's extraordinarily important for us to communicate as well is you is the, is the actions and U.S. contributions to the suffering of Cubans on the island as well. Now, granted, she's an idiot. And she's only where she is because she isn't repulsive looking. But what she is saying is so outrageous that it should offend even non-Cubans. Cuba is a prison island where people are beaten and murdered with impunity by their government for speaking about freedom and against the government opinion. Kind of getting similar, isn't it? I mean, granted, we're not getting thrown in gulags yet. But with politicians like this talking about how Cuba is a victim of the American policies versus the communism that killed how many percentage of their people they don't even know because they don't keep the records. This is an idiot. The scary part is she's a Congress birthing person. And that is directly related to the embargo, the U.S. embargo, uh, economic embargo. That is uh, that is, frankly, uh, has been in place for over 60 years since it was taken over by communists. You moron who share your belief structure. That's how long the embargo is in place. And the embargo is the only humane action a country like ours can take to a government that casts its citizen into slavery. In fact, we should have more embargoes, not less. And I'm a I'm a capitalist. The idea that we enrich governments that murder their own people and keep them in slavery is outrageous. And there was a time there was a time when Democrats were against slavery. There was a time when Democrats said, do not abuse your people. And they didn't want to do business with them. Now, Democrats have crossed the lane between what is an American political structure and a fascistic totalitarian hellhole. They want a piece of it. AOC doesn't reject Che Guevara. She's glad her face is under that beret. She's a disgrace to everything. Good music. Johnny's always... Is it better because I'm in studio? This is a good one. All right, I'm going to have to listen to that when I'm in the car. You know, it's interesting as you watch countries that accept fascist, socialist, Marxist leaders. In the beginning, they they partner with them. Because here's the dirty little secret... 
corporations are not looking for competition. They're looking for favoritism by the government, the people who make the rules and regulations and taxes so that they can keep away competition. They can make it harder and they can increase their market share. So in the beginning, you're always going to see corporations get friendly to the idea that government is their partner rather than their extortionist. So they try to cozy up and they bribe politicians. And the next thing you know, everything's going real, real good. And then it reminds me of how when you talk to people who've gone bankrupt, you know, it was a little rocky at first and then real fast at the end. And I'm wondering how long before our government does the Che Guevara walk down the business area and just say, this business is mine and this business is mine. And that's the people's property. And this is the people's property. I mean, we have politicians that are openly, openly sympathetic. Last month, uh, once again, the uh, the U.N. voted overwhelmingly uh, to call on the United States to lift its embargo on Cuba because the U.N. is being bribed by the United States. Every country we're giving billions of dollars to these people. Billions. They just want the more money for, for themselves and their like minded fascist leaders. The U.N. should be disbanded. That's what I think. Megan in Orland Park. Hi, Sean. How Hi. are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. But, you know, your, your passion today is phenomenal, Sean. Oh, uh, you've hit you. on so many topics. Um, Listen, uh, I just want you to take see, that sound I'm... bite of her to saying that, and I just want you to play it during the intro. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um I just want to say, like, Facebook, I have limited private presence on there. And when it, uh, it comes up like, hey, this is someone you might want to connect with. This is someone you might want to connect with. I'm like, no, no, not really. But I, I did join a couple gardening groups on Facebook, but I really think I need to get off completely. I really do. It's the only way. It's the only, the it's, it's the only action you have left is to not participate in it. The reality is, you know what's sad? It's sad that there are so few options or, or, or so, you know, the options that are for us are really not functional or they're not attractive enough or whatever the case is. The capitalists need to come up with their own Facebook-like platform, their own networking, where the reality is when this is policed like this, Facebook is a wing of the government now. Zuckerberg is a liaison for the government. This is a government corporation. It will promote a government agenda, and it should be discounted by anybody who rejects it. You know, we have power in that. It's time we take advantage of it. Yeah. And by the way, gardening groups—you could True. learn. You could you could do that anywhere. You could you could join a gardening group. You know, don't ask me though. I'm not you're a right, I'm not a group right. guy. But thank you, Megan. I do okay. appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Wes in Logan Square. I got two Logan Square callers on the screen. This is very rare. Wes, how are you? All right, how you doing, Sean? Splendid. Uh, you know, I was just calling about how this disinformation kills, and we should fire back and say, yes, sure it does. When you censored the hydroxychloroquine, and now we've found out that it increased people's survival rates by 200%. How many lives did you kill by censoring about hydroxychloroquine? There's no way to quantify, but here's the, the reality is very clear. The reason that that drug was so maligned and so deplatformed is because Trump said it. I really wanted him to say something bad, or in essence, I, I should say good, about mind-altering depression medicine. That would have maybe saved the next generation of kids who are probably, what, 80% of them are on some kind of mood-altering drug. So the fact that he said it was enough to just make sure that that drug was viewed as bad and not working. And they had to lie and cheat. And now Facebook, if you say anything about hydrochloroquine, you're done. 
you're gone. And it's an actual drug that has been in circulation for 70 years that absolutely works. You know which one they're not too sure about? Is the vaccine. Yet that's the one that they're pushing on commercials. And that's how you know you got big problems, Wes. Thank you, and you're 100% right. Thank you for calling. All right. Have a great day. You too. John in Logan Square. Hi, John. Hey, Sean. How are you? Very good. My question is, doesn't the idiot a-hole C remember or know that Castro and Russia tried to move nuclear weapons into Cuba, aimed at the United States only 90 miles away? What's the matter with these people? The, the, the problem is they share the ideology of, of both Castro and the Soviets. So do you think in that scenario she was rooting for... She was obviously... She wasn't alive, and she's too dumb to understand exactly how dangerous that was at the time. But she has a. This is why I railed against Bernie Sanders. If you remember, Bernie Sanders was promoting Soviet propaganda actually during the Cold War, and now this guy is one of the most important people in our government. So to think that they don't understand is an understatement. You're giving them too much of your judgment and your your experience. They completely understand, but what they also understand is in those in those communist organizations, the government is the most powerful thing in the country and they in char- are in charge of everything including corporations. Starting to see a parallel here just like today. Well, I back in the 60s when this happened, I remember the motto was better dead than red. <laughs> yeah, find a democrat that'll say that. Find one, John. I told you it was it was only up until last week. I think that Joe Biden spoke of of liberty and freedom. Of course, he mischaracterized it. But until then, you you have yet to find a sitting Democrat politician that in a campaign address, in a promotion or anywhere talks about expanding your individual liberty and freedom. Their entire pitch is a Soviet propaganda. They're just spewing fascism and, and communism. So to me, that entire party they are communist sympathizers if I'm kind. They are communist activists if I, if I interpret reality. Thank you for the call, John. I appreciate it very much. And um, to prove it, I think COVID proved it beyond the shadow of a doubt. I think that COVID was our opportunity, and I blame the Trump administration. I understand why he caved. I do. I completely understand. I don't agree with it. I don't care that he was under certain kinds of pressure and he the moment that you break the American property rights and the American right to life, it's over with. And by right to life, I don't mean abortion. I mean the right to your own life as a citizen. It was only 15 short months ago we walked around with the arrogance that our businesses were ours. Our kids were ours. We were um, in the position to be in control of our lives. None of that is the same today. And it's not coming back. Now the mission of government is to normalize this fascism, and that's why they have to destroy any kind of opinion that is opposed to it. That is exactly what's happening here. Just to step back and give you the big picture, this is how you take America and you turn it into a socialist, top-down, government-controlled country. Tom Hinsdale. Hey, what's up, Sean? Listen, I love your passion, but one of these... One of these so-called leaders of the of the Black Lives or uh, Al Sharpton, when are they going to come to Chicago for a platform? And when are these Democrats ever going to have their feet held to the fire? Because I've been here for five years. How oh, this is going to happen? That's going to happen. This is collusion. This is Pfizer. This nothing happens to these people because the, and the, I, the, justice, the justice system has been corrupted. I get that, but 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 your my point is, do you think 
The Democrats just like this these black communities to have chaos and, and just depend on them. I don't think they view it as race as much as they view it as an economic circumstance. And what they've right, learned, right. what they've learned from that economic circumstance, is that the more people you can convince to normalize a welfare state, the more people you will have voluntarily submit to government. That's why they're, they are point. now they are now making it and enticing people to 19 states. If you are on social benefits, it is the equivalent of making one hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, you're talking about big bribery. You're talking about telling people right. all you have to do is swear allegiance to the government and adopt our views. And we are going to give you one hundred thousand dollars a year. And then they make it seem like sitting in your house is somehow satisfying to the human soul when we know it's not. But this is the willful yeah. slavery that, that you know, it, it's surprising it took this long in this country. I, I was hopeful that people would understand it. But the reality is when you have an education system that is geared towards dumbing down society, we're really lucky that we still have some of the freedoms we have now. It's all how you look well, at it. Well, your line of... Your line about uh, the man in diapers is so stupid that when he said during his campaign, if you ain't black, you ain't voting for me or, you know, they got him brainwashed, Sean. Oh, Tom, if you could offend a welfare recipient, you wouldn't have the ghettos we we think are normal. If you could offend them, they have you cannot offend them. They already gave their dignity for welfare checks. So now everything else just piles on top of it. And that's how you get these neighborhoods where they're protecting the very shooters. You don't think these people know who these kids are. You don't think that they know their faces, their cars everything they don't want to disrupt the gang because they're either afraid or in on it and that's a terrible system because what they know is they can't turn to the law or the justice system because there is none that's why these kids are all revolving door repeat criminals and that's why it's going to be a bumpy ride tom good thing you're in hinsdale you could uh, sit it out in luxury 312-642-5600 we'll be back after So this leads to our, I, I mean, that's a great lead-in. Today, the kids here at AM560, also known as my producer, which I call kids, they're wonderful kids, and they, uh, they make fun of me a lot. As I predict things, they then lump me in to a conspiracy theorist. However, I keep getting proven right by history. It vindicates me. So when I said, you know, that the government giving businesses money to pretend it's in business will, will be bad for the future, they said, you're crazy. And now we're living through just the very beginning stages of exactly what's going to happen as the terms of pretending we had money making and printing nine trillion dollars in a year shows its ugly head. That's what we are now going to live through. And it's going to be no people will make different predictions and, uh, you know, the right to make different prediction. And we have this new word now transitory. And for those of us that were poor, you know, that days are like months Weeks are like years when you're poor. But for the people who sit in Washington, D.C., who've never had a job and never really pay for anything, I guess you can shoot around words like transitory. If you're in on this scam, it's transitory. But it goes to show you the reality of of government economy is really only felt by the people. Government doesn't feel it. They don't give a rip. So when you hear Joe Biden say things like this. We also know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected. Your exports are yes-men. They're paid whores. 
I can get them to eat a banana and dump a fruit salad for enough money. They'll say anything. Science is for sale. Whether it's green energy, whether it's COVID, whatever it is, it's pseudoscience. It is for sale. And the way that it stays in business is by telling the government what the government wants to hear. So for Joe Biden to talk about inflation, this stupid son of a dog hasn't bought a gallon of gas since the 70s. He's never paid for anything. Everything's on the people. It's an expense account. So if you're dumb enough to vote for this guy, you're dumb enough to believe this BS. But the reality is the economy is not roaring back. The economy's not even real anymore. This isn't capitalism. We haven't been capitalists forever. I am for separation of the economy and state. But you'll have to forgive me. I'm a capitalist. It's very rare these days. Very rare. Everybody, including business channels and news networks, are adopting this idea that it's perfectly normal for the government to create trillions of dollars out of nowhere. And it'll all be great. It's going to be a boom town. You're going to love it. It's called the new normal. The reality is when you see things like the stock market, it doesn't matter if stock market went down 750 points. Just print out more money. Buy it. You got one company, BlackRock, crossed a $10 trillion assets. $10 trillion. And it's government financed. So even that company's not real. It's phony baloney. So don't get too bent out of shape about the stock market. You're going to hear all kinds of people. It's a, the threat of COVID. What would, what's the threat of COVID exactly? Where's the big outroar by capitalists around this nation to open their doors again? The states chose how they were going to run them, and you know the story. California was what? The third largest economy in the world? It's completely shut down. Businesses are shuttered, and they're at about a 40 to 30% capacity, just like Chicago, just like New York and New Jersey. In fact, just like the whole economy. So is that a conspiracy? So we're going to have a new segment, um, and it's going to be from 635, and it's called Make Me Believe Mondays, because Monday is a difficult day for me. So what we're going to do is we're going to, I want to take your conspiracies on Make Me Believe Mondays. That'll start at 635. I got a guest coming up at 605 from the Cato Institute, and you know I love those guests, because there are so few of us that really subscribe to the idea of uh, an organic economy that's not undermined and taken over by the federal government as they print up debt for generations they could really care about less about or have complete disdain for as it's now normal for bureaucrats like joe biden to tell me don't worry about price costs or inflation when this stupid son of a dog has never buffered any of those costs never his whole life you know we pretend that these guys care about us do you know what their day consists of they pretend to be working They're literally discussing thousand-page laws and spending bills. They don't know what it's like to be us, to be worried about our economy or send our kids to school. All their kids go to private school, and the most expensive ones. All the stock market went up. What does that mean? Do you think they didn't front-run the downside? Do you think that there aren't Congress people and senators that knew exactly what was going to happen and have their stuff? They trade more than Wall Street traders. So this system of pretending that they're looking out for us, when I hear these stories on the border, when you hear about the collapse, rising costs, they could care less. It's us that have to pay for it, the real people. 312-642-50s. Oh, I'm going to a guest. Never mind. Get ready for Make Me Believe Mondays at 635. I want everybody calling. the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. so many ways I want to lead into this segment. What has a budget, $6.92 billion, a failure rate of over 50%, and the participants in this group of people refuse to send their kids to the very institution? CPS. What is CPS? I mean, it's preposterous. The, the, the failure, the misappropriation, the fact that over 50% of teachers will not send their own kids to the very institutions that pay for their mortgage. I love that. That's my favorite part of it. But the money is insatiable. The quest for money to the CPS, the idea we're spending $18,000 a year now, actually 20000 in the year 2019, and in the year 2022, the CPS wants $27,276 per student, even the ones that carjack you, is ridiculous. So I wanted to bring on an expert, a capitalist. Can you imagine? There's so few of us left. Corey DeAngelis, National Director of Research for the School Choice, Adjunct Scholar at Cato Institute. How are you, my friend? Thank you for joining me. Hey, doing, doing well. Thanks for having me. So what do you think about... Uh, so far, we're failing so poorly. What this institution needs is just a little more money. Do you think it'll work? I mean, look, it's, it, if we look at history, throwing more money at the problem in the public school system isn't going to fix it. You need to change the messed up set of incentives that are baked into the system by funding the student directly and providing bottom-up accountability by empowering families to hold schools accountable by allowing them to vote with their feet. Too bad there's not a lot of uh, school choice in Chicago. That would provide real incentives for schools to actually do the right thing. And, look, this isn't a a small increase in a couple of years. This budget is a 34% increase in just three years, and that's not the end of it. This is The Chicago Teachers Union came out with a statement. And push back, saying, "You know what? This isn't this isn't enough. We need more than twenty seven thousand dollars per kid." Look, the private schools in Chicago cost less than eleven thousand dollars per student uh, for a year of tuition in private schools, and they're getting better outcomes at a fraction of the cost. This isn't about money. This is about incentives. I live a town away from Chicago, so I uh, I don't live in Chicago, but I sent my kids to private school, and I was irritated. You know, we were paying at the time, I want to say it was like seven grand a kid or whatever it was. I was really mad. Of course, you know, two kids, you're a lot of money. You realize at that time that the Chicago public school system was charging double, yet the percentage of kids that were unable to pass was so bad that the CPS and the teachers union were working to change or get rid of tests. If they're not going to be bound by merit or by their achievement or by the product they produce, why would they ever change the trajectory or why would they ever change their system if they're going to get 27000 per kid? And, you know, that's the same kid that just carjacked six people uh, over the weekend. Well, well, 
Well, and you know, when when they uh, produce failing outcomes, they can take that uh, data and go back to the the state government and say, you know what, we're failing because we don't have enough money. The twenty seven thousand is not enough. Now we need forty thousand. It, it's only going to keep going upwards again because this is a government monopoly institution that gets children's education dollars regardless of how well they do. And in fact. When they do a bad job, they can use that information to lobby for even more money. It's a completely backward set of incentives that are baked into the government education system that the private system uh, has a much more aligned incentives with what the needs of families are, as we've seen in the past last year. I mean, private schools were open all along where they fought really hard against governments to reopen their their doors for business, whereas the public schools and the teachers unions in Chicago in particular, they kicked and screamed every step of the way and moved the the reopening goalposts every step of the way and engaged in fear-mongering like no other. I mean, you had the the biggest example of that of all this was you had an interpretive dance video put out by the Chicago teachers unions to uh, protest going back to work. You even had a, a Chicago Teachers Union board member that got caught vacationing in Puerto Rico. That's my favorite while one, railing against going back to work. But if, you, if you can go vacation in person, why can't you go back to work? I mean, the, the answer is obvious to any reasonable person. It's because it's fun to go on vacation. It's not fun to go back to work. But I think that the issue, though, is the problem with the incentives in the system. It's not the people's fault. It's the messed up weird set of incentives in the system that you get the same amount of money regardless of whether they even open their doors for business. That's that's a problem. So, Corey, I, I, I love that argument, but I, I, I'm not as generous as you. It is the people's fault, and they, they voted for this socialism because they want to put their kids in a daycare system that they could give a rip what the outcome is. But here's my question to you. I was always confident as an American because what I was under the impression of is that socialism is unconstitutional. It's against the the laws and the and the principle of Americanism. Isn't the public school system against the Constitution? Well, how is it? How is public schooling I mean, constitutional? Is a better way to phrase it. There's a. I mean, there, there are. It's not constitutional at the federal level, so we should not have a U.S. Department of Education. It should have never been born a few decades ago, and outcomes haven't gotten any better as we've increased federal involvement in education. It is included in state constitutions, so there's there's an argument to have some involvement. But just because the government funds the schools doesn't mean we need to have government run and fully unionized schools. You can give the money to the parents and let them seek out the best private educational option that works best for them. And what I argue for is if the government-run school is the best option for a family, they should be able to pick that, too, but they shouldn't be trapped in that monopoly zone school regardless of their their satisfaction levels and regardless of whether they're even open for in-person instruction. Families should be able to vote with their feet and take their children's education dollars somewhere else. After all, education funding is supposed to be about educating children not for propping up and protecting a particular institution. It's the year 2021, Corey. We've got history. We've got facts. We've got the implosion of states. We've got the mayhem that that socialism causes between murdering citizens and just complete and abject poverty. We know where this leads, yet we have a system of schooling and education where union-protected teachers, unions are negotiating against politicians that they own. 
like in The Godfather, as Don Corleone owned politicians like chicklets in his pocket. So these unions devote 80 percent of the of the money that they steal from the teachers and they bribe politicians. Then they're supposed to negotiate against them for their contract. Why aren't the adults in this country standing up and saying we see the scam enough is enough? Well, I think a lot of people are fighting back. You see the parents all across the nation pushing back at school board meetings. And there's also an all-time high of support for what I call funding students directly or what most people call school choice. There's been a 10 percentage point point jump in support. So families are fighting back, and they're starting to push for getting, allowing allowing the, the education dollars to follow their, their decision uh, instead of going straight to a government-run building regardless of uh, of how well they do. So I think parents are pushing back in that way. Uh, but I will say there is um, a lot of influence, as you said, from political contributions. Uh, 99% of the American Federation of Teachers political contributions went to Democrats in the most recent election year. I'm sorry, that was so um, important. I'd like you to repeat it. What was that again? Over 99% of the American Federation of Teachers, a na- nationwide teachers union, now, over 90%, 99% of those political contributions went to Democratic politicians. So while the majority hmm. of Democrats' constituents support the policy and they're okay with it because they see how it's an equalizer in society to allow more people to have options, the Democratic politicians overwhelmingly, when they're in office, will vote against the policy uh, despite it being uh, the morally right policy and the policy that the majority of their constituents support because of that power dynamic. It does explain why so many of the teachers vote Democrat, though, doesn't it? I mean, you know what it is, yeah. Corey? It's so obvious. It's open and notorious mafia. I'm so tired of pretending this is an American political system versus a pay-to-play scheme where teachers, regardless of the outcome, live like millionaires, like they work the way I do, four and five jobs, worried about every dollar, budgeting. And when they retire, they get these phony baloney employment agreements that the people call pensions, which are a payoff for loyalty. It is just a corrupt system, and I feel dirty even pretending it's legitimate or some sort of entitlement. Well, look, what I like to point out is this inconsistency on the the side of Democrats in particular when it comes to school choice policy. Uh, They support funding students directly for higher education with Pell Grants and for pre-K programs such as Head Start. The funding goes to the family, and then they can choose public, private, religious, or non-religious providers. It's only when it comes to the in-between years of K-12 education when uh, a lot of the other side doesn't fights like hell against any change to that system. And the only difference is one of power dynamics, that choice is the norm with higher education and pre-K, but choice threatens an entrenched special interest only when it comes to K-12 education. I think that's why we see so much pushback when it comes to giving money to people as opposed to buildings only for K-12 education. When they start out with a new program that wants to take kids away from their parents and they call it daycare or early preschool or whatever the hell name they have for the indoctrination system, and they want the kids to go in at three years old, three years old. When it starts out this year, it's pretty. It's going to run, my assumption and, my, and the reality is, it's going to run very similar to the way all public schools run. And these costs, too, will in the next 10 years triple. Is that a fair assessment or fair gamble by me? 
Yeah, I mean that 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 seems to make sense. It looks like an uh, an encroachment of government into our daily lives, adding more and more years to the system. I would say fix the system itself. I mean, adding two or four more years to a broken 13-year K-12 education system isn't going to fix anything. What you really need to do is focus on K-12 instead of expanding government interference. And the best way to fix what we have in the current broken system is to get the money to the parents. Chicago's spending $27,000 per kid. You can give them half of that amount save money, let the public schools keep some of the money for all I care, and the, the families will get more options. They'll be able to afford so many different types of private schools, and they'll be more satisfied. They'll have more opportunities for their kids. And look, this will lead to more equity, too. More families will have educational opportunities, not just the ones that can afford to pay so out of pocket. The only way these kids get the or this school gets the money is if the kids show up, right? They get paid per kid. Yep. So if you yep. really wanted to break the back... If you had a massive amount of people, like 50%, homeschool their kids. Let's just say in a, in a perfect system of people who thought like me, they say, you ain't getting my kid. Reality is, that's the only way this budget is going to come down. Because as I look through history, has a budget in a Democrat-run city like Chicago ever, ever gone down in the cost of education? Uh, in the long-term trend over the every single decade, it always goes up. We spend more and more in K-12 education. And if you look in the U.S. nationwide since 1960, after adjusting for inflation, we've increased real per-pupil education expenditures by 287%. We now spend nationwide <laughs> about $16,000 per kid. It's absolutely ridiculous. The results don't get any better and again, it's because the, the system is a monopoly uh, that can be fixed if you give the money to the parents. But in the current situation, I don't see it getting any better, especially when there's no incentive to spend those additional dollars wisely. Corey, this is why you and I are never going to be invited to the same get-together or party. But I want to thank you for joining me because it was enlightening. Please keep me informed, and please come back on more of socialist failures in the future, will you? Absolutely. Happy to be back. Corey DeAngelis, you can find him at the Cato Institute. Wonderful. Thanks for joining me. We'll take your calls and comments. 312-642-5600 when I get back. Another classic. We need a government. I want to add the word government education there. We need education. But not government education. It doesn't lead to anything well. You know, I, I, as you read the blotter of not just the kids shot, but the ones that are carjacking, I think that's a huge problem. 13-year-old girl shot in the face, I, I alluded to it earlier. Second time she's carjacking that they know of. Those are the times they catch him. How many times they don't catch him. And I'm also reading right now on the front, the Capitol rioter sentenced to eight months, not accused of assaulting anyone or damaging property, but he was at the uh, the January 6th um protest slash insurrection, weaponless insurrection at the Capitol. He got eight months. It'd be nice if the carjackers got eight months. Did the 13-year-old girl get a day? Oh, she's 13. She's so innocent. When you're standing looking at a 45, told, get out of your car that you're struggling to make payments for it. Do you care if she's 13 or not? I mean, unless you could grab the gun and ear slap the hell out of her, which I think is a good choice. Um, I view what's happening on our southern border as strategic, not accidental and not a failure.
What's happening on the southern border is exactly what the the Democrat Party intended to happen. This is their policy. This is what they wanted. It has real life ramifications. Hundred people. One hundred. They're called, uh, what do they call them, migrants? Illegal aliens, as it used to be. 100 illegal aliens in the back of one truck. One. So the reality of and the failure of how it really works and the human toll and the, and the, and the mayhem and the rapes of the women and the, the drugs that are flowing into the country, that's irrelevant. The new keeping the, the Democrat welfare base flourishing is the goal of the Democrat Party. So this is going to upset you. But I have a different way to look at it. Harris, good afternoon to you. I can tell you in my six trips to the border, this is the biggest single group I've ever seen come up to the border. This was a group of about 300. Take a look at this. It's mostly Haitians. There's about 160 of them left right here. But what they've done is they've come right up to the border wall here in Del Rio, this border gate. And they're basically demanding to be led into the United States. You can see it's a lot of adult men, some single families, some unaccompanied children here. And what's been happening is about 20 minutes ago, uh, Border Patrol led about 150 of them through, mostly family units. They were opening this gate little by little, and then people would try to cram through and come into the United States. Two Border Patrol buses have already taken about 160 folks away. One EMT had to be called out because the migrant was suffering from the heat here. But uh, about 20 minutes ago, this was a little bit more hectic, where people were literally shoving themselves through the gate, trying to come into the United States here. We have Florida State Troopers. We have Nebraska State Troopers. We have Florida State Troopers here. We've been talking about that outside help that's been coming to Texas. This is why they need the boots on the ground. And what we've been told is Border Patrol doesn't know what to do with their with these folks. Their processing centers here are already completely over capacity. Their facility in Dallas is also over capacity. So when you have a group of between 300 to 500, which is what they're estimating with this, uh, they don't physically have the space to put these people anywhere. So what you have here are people who are now just having to wait at this gate. Some of them got here at 3 o'clock this morning. You can see more are coming down from the Rio Grande. Brian, if we can pan... Uh, <laughs> This is outrageous. This is just one hole in the fence. One hole. The, the, the amount of people that are coming in. And, and here's the thing. The difference is um, there's no talk of, of, of the COVID. There's no talk of any of the nonsense, just the health risk of what's happening. But moreover, this should have been something organized. And you're going to take a probably offense to what I have to say. The people who are fleeing Haiti because they were slaves to the totalitarian dictator there who was just murdered, they should be organized and be be welcomed here as political uh, political asylum, as, as the Cubans should be, as all people who are running from the Marxists that um, we now have imported their ideology in the White House and the, the 80-year-old diaper wearer and, and most of our Congress and a lot of our senators now. This should be a country that welcomes people in for political asylum, but because they earn it on merit, not because they make up a Democrat voting base and new welfare recipients, willful slaves to the government. 312-642-5600. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late! Make me believe Monday. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the Saucer People. Thank you. Under the supervision of the reverse vampires, are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people. I was fighting the power and breaking conspiracies before you saw your first chemtrail, you punks. All right. Of course, the kids are making fun of me a little bit, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't think Oswald shot Kennedy. I don't think so. 
I have a lot of questions about the government nonsense that you can you can only have their opinion or none other. I got a lot of questions. Federal Reserve, I got questions. I definitely think there's something very shady going on with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the government funding real estate purchases through companies. I don't think that's normal. I don't think they're helping us. I think it is a conspiracy to neuter property rights in this country, and they're proving me wrong. So the kids came up with this segment where they're attempting to make fun of me, but I will not let it happen. Brand new segment we're launching today. It's called Make Me Believe Monday, where every Monday you will make me believe your conspiracy theory is real. Maybe you think there's computer chips or magnets in the vaccine. Maybe you believe the moon landing was fake. I got a question. Where's the gas tank? Just me. The whole thing. Ooh, and then we're going to fly up and we're going to meet the spaceship. And then they're going to take us back like Flash Gordon. I'm sure it went perfectly. Uh, Make me believe your conspiracy. Isn't a conspiracy theory at all, but it's reality. So you have to make me believe it. So give me a call now. 312-642-5600. And make me believe your conspiracy theory. But I will argue in each case, when I present you with the facts of what's happening at the border. It's not a conspiracy theory to think that Democrats are enriching themselves by this, by voting, by building up their voter blocks. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. They're taking immigrants. They're telling them how they have entitlements. And by the way, they must swear allegiance to the, the Democrat Party, just like they did the unions. Is it a conspiracy theory to think that municipal unions are only inhabited by Democrats? You just heard a stat that should make you sick. It should trigger an FBI investigation into the teacher union. of all political party contributions go to one party. Gee, that might be cause for concern. I think it is. I also think it's a concern when you have authors that come out and write tell-all books based on nothing. Based on nothing. I think it's a conspiracy when CNN takes a uniformed opinion about the Russia collusion between Trump and uh, Vladimir Putin. And then as history proves it right, as FBI agents plead guilty to fraud and to making up information, what happens to them? Oh, they get forced into retirement. Ooh, what a penalty. Not a day in jail. FBI agents agreeing to conspire on data and information, lying about it because they universally found somebody they hated. And it's just accepted. And there are no repercussions. There are no consequences. In fact, I found something interesting. Everybody likes this guy. Not everybody. I mean, the Democrats love this guy, Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf is the author who writes tell all books and he doesn't know. Really, he has no information. He's regurgitating gossip in a book, and he's making a ton of money. He was on Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter, for those of you that don't watch CNN, he's a creepy-looking son of a gun. He kind of looks like uh, uh, the, the evil in Austin Powers. There was Dr. Evil and the Mini-Me. He's kind of like the medium version of that. Bald, unattractive, dull look in his eyes. And he has a show on CNN where he gets on there and he spews not just Marxist propaganda, but outright fascism. He demonizes anybody who isn't down with the uh, government-sponsored communism, collectivism. But he had Michael Wolf on. I was shocked at the, at the direction it took. I wonder if you are. You know, and, and that's what Trump does. He's, he has spent most of his administration seeing people on television and immediately right. calling them. But maybe that's how uh, it works but, but sometimes. I, I don't huh? want you to think. Is that how it works? 
That's how you got access. I, but, uh, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but I don't want you to think that 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 what I said at that point was in any way inauthentic. I think the media has done a terrible job on this. I think you yourself, um, you know, why you're a nice guy. You know, you're full of sanctimony. Um, you know, you become part of one of the parts of the problem of the media. You know, you come on here and you and you have a um, um, uh, you know a monopoly on truth. You know, you know exactly how things are supposed to be done. Um, you know, you are why one of the reasons people can't stand the media. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's absolutely true. And that's coming from an author that was friendly to the Marxist propaganda machine we call our media. Is it any coincidence that they all worked, or not all, but the vast majority worked for actual Democrat candidates and politicians? Pick a Sunday show and show me somebody who wasn't involved with the Democrat Party. You can't. Is it a conspiracy to say that the media is selling an agenda versus reporting on actual information? How else could you live in a society where this socialist failure from Social Security to health care to public schools is sold as a winning ticket when the reality is it fails? That's not a conspiracy. That's fact. So now sell me your conspiracy. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Sean, thanks for taking my call. And uh, basically, what I'm about to tell you, as far as I'm concerned, we're just as we're probably worse than these uh, some of these third world countries because we pretend to be so just and everything. January sixth, they call these politicians that call it a insurrection and all that stuff. There was no insurrection. There was no guns. There was things. A, a Trump supporter got shot. I mean, now listen, they took and lock up all those people and they do all that kind of thing. I mean, really, really harsh on all Trump supporters. I mean. There were several times when people came into that same building with uh, they were it was had to do with uh, uh, abortion, this and that came in there. All kinds of ruckus. Pelosi and a whole bunch of other politicians. They made they praised them. They said, oh, this is this is American democracy. Oh, this is freedom of speech. This is everything. Praised them, praised them. All the Democrats when the Democrats do that and come into that uh, building and everything that and break up, you you know. uh, um, All right. So what's the conspiracy theory? The conspiracy is that the Trump supporters are getting got railroaded and punished every opportunity these uh, politicians may even get that they can roll over uh, Trump supporters. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory at all. I think that's exactly what happened. There you go. How's that for affirmative? They told me after every time you say something, I am going to tell you whether I believe it or I don't believe it. If you've convinced me or if you have not. Let's go to Mike on the north side. What's up, Baloney? Hey, how you doing? Splendid. Can you hear me? I could hear you. Yeah, go ahead. Put the sandwich okay. down over here. Okay, first off, quit bitching about my city pension, right? <laughs> 37 years, I think I deserve something. All right, yeah, sure. It's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. Go ahead, buddy. You're probably one of the only okay. guys that worked. There's you, and I know a guy that's kind of half. He's not related to me, but he's in my family. His name's Pat. He's the only guy I know that actually works, but go ahead. Okay, now I told this to the guy in the morning. You know, the guy that likes to frequent the forest preserves? I'm familiar. You didn't believe me. So this is what's happening. They're coming out with this Delta variant, okay? They want that to take over the news. They want another shutdown because they don't want anyone to notice that Arizona is about to invalidate 730,000 votes that went 99% for the Democrats. Now, flipping Arizona won't help Trump take back the office. But if you take 700,000 votes away from the senator who won the election, They'll have to give it to the Republican, and then the Republicans will control the Senate in Washington. 
see, you mix the Delta variant with the, with the, I believe the Delta variant is, is strictly the disease doing what it was engineered to do. But I, uh, I don't know if I believe that they're going to invalidate 700,000 votes. That's too much numbers. I, I, I got I to I hope you're right. But I don't think you're, they're going to invalidate. But time will see. I did 50-50 on Mike. 50-50. I'll go 50-50 on it. Kent in Aurora. Yeah, hey, I don't, you know, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I uh, bought a newspaper at a garage sale that was the day before Kennedy got shot, which just that fascinated me to have that news in the right. pristine world. Did it talk and about the meeting the- in Texas with the Bush family, with LBJ, and with some notable <laughs> contributors? No. Right. Uh, under the fold, it just had a story about how Johnson was likely not going to be picked for the second term with with uh, Kennedy. All right. Now, in all of history, who kills the leader but the person next in line? That's like so. You're saying that LBJ was common. in on the assassination. So he was in the assassination, and then uh, he arranged it. So therefore, it was a, the the guy in the passenger seat. Uh, with the civil civil service, the secret service. service who turned and shot Kennedy, which is why uh, Mrs. Kennedy, what's her name? She jumped out and ran out of the back of the car, which never made sense to me. Why she went backwards? Uh, I heard this. I heard stupid. the theory. My friend of mine sold me that theory that the Secret Service shot him on accident. And he was trying to get his gun. I say grassy knoll back and to the left. I think it was a CIA mafia plan. I don't believe it. No. <laughs> All right, John in his car. John in his car. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to prove it to you, but there was a video I saw, some X-Factor star or whatever, talking about the Freemasons and with all the stars and everything, how they do the OK signal. That's actually a satanic signal and the all C and I. And sure enough, I know you're a big movie guy. It's in like a Marvel movie or Disney movies. You will see the all C and I somewhere. They'll do. I'm telling you, I wish you know I who you know who was reported to be. A, you know who was reported to be a big deal in the Freemasons? Walt Disney himself. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, no, I know. Right, right. He was talking about that. But even uh, Fauci, he sold some videos, uh, the a hand, a right hand in their pocket. But anyways, the movie, Sean, I know you're a big movie guy. Next time you watch like a big action movie, it's subtle. It'll be on a All right, so what's the conspiracy? Go ahead. What is it? It's like, it's uh, the, it's the Freemasons, which is secretly a satanic uh, uh, ritual right. or whatever. But the all-seeing eye, you got to. I got to go to break, John. Eye. I'll take the rest of your calls. His his bigger premise is Freemasons are real, and I will say I agree. They are real. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. All the mystery. Day. Very, very. I'm having fun with this. I can't believe how fast this show goes. All right, listen, we don't have a lot of time. We get a full board. So give it to me fast. I'll tell you, agree or disagree. Tom and Cherville. Yeah, here's one for you, Sean. That Dr. Fauci is actually in bed with the Chinese Communist Party, wears the uniform and everything, but only when he's Ooh. in his house. When he's out in public, he's not wearing <laughs> he's got that the, uniform. He's got, all right, listen. I believe he's in bed. I believe he's been bought and sold. I'm not sure about the uniform, but he may have red pajamas. We'll settle. No, I, I, I didn't totally disagree with him. I agree with you. Dave and Racine. Yes, uh, Sandra Bland, Naperville woman who uh, was uh, in a contentious arrest, was uh, locked up. She killed herself and herself. I think her mission to going down to Texas was an actual suicide mission to trying to get herself shot by police to produce the same kind of 
stuff that's going on now with the George Floyd stuff. You know, Dave, you would have had me if you said she was killed and it's staged to be a suicide. But I don't know. That's a stretch what you did. Nah, I don't believe it. Frank in Arlington Heights. Frank. Good evening. All right, here's Biden is letting in all these illegal immigrants and even trying to get more of them that Trump deported in because he's going to need soldiers because Gavin Newsom is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. And when he loses his recall election, he's just going to invite him in. We're going to have to fight the Chicoms right. and the Russians, an invasion of California. Oh, That's the old, the old Red Dawn part two. I'm, I'm Patrick Swayze. You could be one of the other guys that gets killed. But here's the other thing. I'm going to give you a chance to win me over. Who is Gavin Newsom the nephew of? Nancy Pelosi. That's true. But also, who, who, who is he related to? Who does he have a link to? And so does Nancy Pelosi. Well, well, Donald Trump Jr., because he was married to... I forget her name, but the William guy Randolph Hurst, Hurst is the is the. Oh, there he you is, go. San Simeon. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go with Frank. I believe him. Jim, Palos Park. Hey, Sean. Yes. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the radio. First, you're the only radio guy that needs to go nationwide. Thank you, brother. Yeah, but hurry up! You you're going to get cut off um, by the music. Go ahead. Yeah, free trade. The biggest removal of the uh, American worker to China for 17 cents an hour. Oh yeah, the American consumer wins. That's Jim, how they push this crap. That's not free trade. You want to know what, Jim? I'm going to have you call back next couple of days. We're going to go over what real free trade is and what government-controlled corporatism is because we're we're confusing the two. But I like the call. It wasn't free trade that did that. It was corporatism, and we'll explain it. Listen, Carl, I'll get to you next time. I'm sorry, brother. We didn't have all all the time in the world, but I'll be back in 22 hours, and you better be too. She don't believe in shooting stars, but she believes in shoes.